Praise the Lord. Grace has tried, <laughs> but the name is Mukadaiga. If you're very annoyed, you call me Mr. Seira. If, you are, if, you are, if those are hard, just go with Tendo. <laughs> yeah? Allow me to trap this thing down. And so just that's the brief about me. I'm married to sweet Martha. She sends you greetings. She was here for the 12 o'clock service, but we have two, two girls. Peniel, who is five, and Bethel, who is five months. Peniel is five years, Bethel is five months. So she had to go with them. They couldn't stay any, any longer because I've been here since morning. Uh, I'm born again, not born against. I'm born again, and I love Jesus. Uh, formerly, I was ministering with Ebenezer Chapel the past three years. I see some familiar faces, Kajuna, Faith. Uh, but before that, most of my time has been at St. Paul's Churidiza. Then uh, effective January is when I came to join the pastoral hymn at All Saints Cathedral. Amen. But I'm coming back home because I've been here several, several times. Even when I'm moving, I'm meeting a number of familiar faces. We've been with the Reverend Gerald for quite long. We're trying to recall. He's one of those veterans in these youth camps, youth ministries. So, so yeah, so I'm landing on safer ground. Hallelujah. Uh, but uh, before I go into all that, let's pray. Lord, we thank you because you've exalted your word above any other thing. We thank you because your word is living. Your word is active. You say, isn't my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks rocks into pieces? Lord, what a joy to sit at your feet and hear from you. So I ask that you will speak to us individually. Those of us who are here in the sanctuary and the rest who are following on YouTube, Facebook Live, Zoom, and the other online options, that, Lord, at the end of the day, each and every one of us will be blessed, will be challenged in you. So I ask that your spirit will work within us, your spirit will work in our midst, and your spirit will break down this word, not I, but to only your name be glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. So, I was given an interesting topic. Chosen. Is it chosen? Chosen people. You know. A chosen people. Drawn from First uh, Peter chapter 2. And I must confess, these are many verses to handle, but uh, God will give us the grace to, to try and pick what we can pick. The rest, God will continue to, to show us. I listened to what our brother Manzi preached on last, last Sunday, so it's a good background for me to just continue in the same spirit. So I'm reading from uh, NIV. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk 
so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tested that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this is the stone precious. But to those who, are, who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And the stone that causes men to stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is cautious of God. But how is it your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you are called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they held insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The word of the Lord. Just to wrap up, our brother Kajuna started us off. Peter is writing to a people who are scattered in different areas, present-day Turkey, Asia Minor. Scattered partly because of persecution. And because they had come to Christ, they faced a lot of opposition in the environment they were living in. So he writes to encourage them. To encourage them. But one of the things that is core, as our brother hinted out, he calls them the elect, the chosen. And he reminds them that it's entirely on God's mercy. 
It's God's business that they have been chosen through Christ's resurrection. And now there is a hope to which they are meant to live or to which they are living. Then he makes a point in line of that, their conduct is key. They are not to conform to their former evil ways because Christ is holy and so they have been called to live lives that are holy. And that comes because they have to recall that they have been redeemed, not with a perishable something like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb. And friends, that's where I want us to continue from. Let me read verse 23 of chapter 1. Verse 23 of chapter 1. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Let me run. And this is the word that was preached to you. So Peter is reminding them that the salvation you have, you have been born again, not by anything very cheap, but through the living and enduring word of God. And as such, friends, in light of that, as redeemed people, redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb, their conduct is very key. And that's where our brother ended. And this is a continuation because it says they are four. It's a continuation. In light of that, and so I'm going to summarize it in three L's. L. In light of that, the first L is their living is paramount. Two, their longings are very key. And three, the next living, what they are living for. And that's where I'm going to take us through those headings. One, their living, that is to say their life conduct, how they live. Two, their longings, what they should be longing for, matters. Three, they are living, the second bit of living, what they should be living for. So in verse 1 it says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. ESV puts it, put away all, all manner of malice, envy, slander. Simply put, put away, get rid of every form of evil. So your life conduct is very key now since you've been born again of an imperishable seed. Since you've been born again by the precious blood of the Lamb. Since you've been called to a holy living, therefore your living is very, very important. Rid yourselves of all malice. Rid yourselves of all anger. Rid yourselves of all envy. Verse 11. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Abstain from all sinful desires. You have been called out. You are holy, set apart. The Luganda word for holy is mwaulidwa. Mwaulidwa, you've been set apart. So he says, since you've been set apart, since you are holy, one, your living is very, very key. Abstain 
from sinful desires. Let me pause at that a bit. Galatians 5.19, it's a popular one. But I'll read it as it is. Galatians 5, 5.19. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he tells them, you people, you are chosen. So rid yourself of all manner of filth. Issues to deal with sexual morality, issues to deal with drunkenness, issues to deal with selfish ambitions. Rid yourselves of this. Because if you continue walking that way, be sure of this. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. And why is he calling them to such a living? Because they are strangers to the world. He reminds them. They have been called out. The chapter, the chapter Romans 12, that chapter do not conform to the patterns of this world. I think Philips is the one who translates it as do not let the world around you fix you into its modes. That the world in which they are living is a hostile world. So he tells them now, read yourself. You must be standing out. You are holy. You've been bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. So abstain from all manner of filth. Verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or the governor. Live in submission to authority. And he says this is a testimony to the gospel. And I want us to appreciate this. Actually, my brother brought it out very clearly. These are people who were under persecution by the governor, by the emperor. The emperor had actually put a lot of accusations on them. They're the ones who have caused all this rebellion, all this and that. They're the ones who have burnt down this and that. And so, they were not in good terms with the state, if I'm to put it clearly. So, the state was witch-hunting them. <laughs> so, it was, it was justified for them to hate on the state. It was justified for them to live in rebellion against the state. It was justified for them not to pay taxes to the state. It was justified for them to say no. Anything, any matter concerning the governor, sorry, the emperor, we have no. But he says, listen, even when the state is hunting you down, submit. Submit. But I want us to take note. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. It tells them it's not just empty submission. It's not just submission for the sake of submitting, but it should be for the Lord's sake. The submission should be in line with proclaiming Christ. The submission should not be contrary to obeying God. That's why Peter says, you know, we shall, we shall choose to obey God rather than obey men. So in circumstances where there is conflict between obeying the authority and obeying God, we rather disobey authority and obey God. 
But he says, where there is no conflict, submit. That's why those guys come to Jesus. They tell him, tell us, is it lawful to pay taxes? And he tells them, I know the trick you want. Give me that coin. Whose portrait is this? And they say, Caesar's. And he tells them, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Simply put, if as a Christian you are to pay taxes, pay them diligently. Don't say, no, government, no, pay. So live in submission to authority because this is a testimony to the gospel. Verse 16. Verse 16. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. It tells them there should be no room for evil. Yes, you are free in Christ, but listen, your freedom should not be licensed for sin. There's that rhetorical question that Paul keeps on asking in Romans. Shall we then continue to live in sin so that grace may abound? And he says, certainly no, because we've died to sin. So it is a contradiction for me to say, I am free in Jesus. Then I indulge the sinful nature. It is contrary. The freedom that we have is the freedom from the shackles of sin. So we cannot continue living in sin. It is not freedom to just move around and get whichever girl I want because I'm free. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. No! It is that I am free from the shackles of sin. I am free from the slaver of sin. I am free from sin that entangles that now I must walk in holiness. So there should be no room for evil in pretext of being a Christian. And he says, serve God diligently. That is the first bit. So he tells them, your living is very key. It is paramount. Two, your longings are very, very key. What should you be longing for? What should they be longing for? What they are longing for matters. We go to verse 2. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. It tells them, listen, you have come to faith. Yes, you are scattered, but that should not be license for you to just walk around without growing spiritually. It tells them, even in the state of persecution, long, crave, desire for this pure spiritual milk. Why? So that you may grow up in your salvation. It tells them the environment you're living in is very, very hostile. It will serve you so many things. But do not grieve for them. Crave for the pure spiritual milk. It will serve you with entertainment. It will serve you with self-love. It will serve you with a desire to be prosperous. Drive the latest number plate. But it says... Long for what is most important. Long, desire, crave for the pure spiritual milk. And he says, like newborn babies. A newborn baby, a baby, one thing they want is breast milk, nothing else. Whether they are sleeping, put them there, they will suckle. Once they need it, you cannot substitute it with anything. Even if you distract them with music, they will say no. 
I want new, new. Nothing. Don't distract me. Even if you sing, they say, we don't want the song. I want the real thing. So it says the same way. Crave. Desire the pure spiritual milk. Not any other. Not cow's milk. Ah, the baby wants the other one. Not the goat's milk. No. The pure one from the mother. So now even as if we have been redeemed. Bought with the precious blood of the lamb. He says be like newborn babies. Already thirsty for the pure spiritual milk. Which is this pure spiritual milk? Simply put, it is the word of God. The word of God is pure. That's what he says. It is pure. David partly is a man after God's own heart because of one thing, by the way. When you read through the Psalms, you see a man who longed for God's word. He says, I long for your word. Even through the watches of the night, I long for your word. And he says in Psalm 119, verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? And in verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. And Ezekiel says, I got your scroll and I ate it and it was sweeter than honey. So he says, that should be your longing if you've been redeemed. Despite the hostile environment, your longing should be for one thing, the pure word of God. Friends, when you feed on junk, you don't grow. I'm a food scientist. And this one I speak now with authority. If you're not subjected to a nutritious diet, however expensive that diet may it be, the next few years we shall see you malnourished. Either you're overnourished or undernourished. What we call malnutrition. Similarly, spiritually, the same applies. What you feed on is key. If you feed on junk, you're going to be a spiritually malnourished Christian. And sadly, they are the majority in our city. Feeding on all sorts of junk. Genuflecting before the gospel of prosperity. Genuflecting before the gospel of entertainment. Genuflecting before the gospel of self-help. This is one of the things that, you know, my heart bleeds for. I tell people, at times I intentionally sit on these TV stations in quotes actually. Sadly, I don't even want to call them Christian TV stations. But that's what we've labeled them, so let me go with that. You listen to someone after someone, but in conclusion, people being fed on junk after junk. And the best, yeah! The man of God has said it. What has he said? He has said it. What has he said? So what you feed on is very, very key. You need a nutritious food. That nutritious food is in the word of God. And he says not even persecution should deter them from that, friends. So you and me have no excuse of saying, I cannot, you know, feed on God's word because, you know, my workplace is very hostile. My family environment is very hostile. No. 
is writing in the context of a persecuted people. He's writing in the context of people who are exiled. He's writing in the context of the people who are living in a very, very bad environment. But he says, still even in that environment, crave for the pure spiritual milk. So I pose a question, my sister, my brother. What is it that you're craving for? Is it just ice cream? Is it just after chips? What is it? What excites you? What brings you here? Is it the guitars? The drums? The sound? What is it? Is it maybe the cool guys around and the cool babes and chicks around? What is it? It's my prayer that it will be the desire. That desire to listen to God in his word. What is it that moves you? If you just woke up in your, from your sleep, what is it that you yearn for? Is it the word of God? Let me rush. Thirdly, he says, they are living what they should be living for. Verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men but chosen by God, precious to him, you also like living stones are being built together into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. One, under that, one, they should be living for Christ. He says, as you come to him, as you come to Christ, Simply put, they should be constantly coming to Christ. They should be constantly living for Christ. Even in that hostile environment, they should be constantly approaching Christ. So as you come to him, so he says, they should be living for Christ. And he says, sadly, some have rejected him. They should be coming to the source of life. But some have rejected him. They have rejected the precious stone. So is it you who has rejected him? The call is to come to Christ. You should be living for Christ. I should be living for Christ. Two, under that, they should be living for community. He says... As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stone, are being built into a spiritual house. He calls us, they are called to live for community. And that community is drawing its life from Christ. Christ gathers these different stones, living stones, to form one spiritual house. So Christ is the most important at that point. So God calls us for community. So fellowship is very key. They should be living for fellowship. Not as loners. We are the body of Christ, so we must have concern for each other. We should be growing together. That's what he calls them to. Thirdly, he calls them to fellowship with God. He talks about them being built together to offer spiritual sacrifices to God. 
Then in verse 9, it says, you are a holy priesthood. He calls them to fellowship with God. A priest fellowshiped with God. A priest kept in the presence of God. And Jesus has given us access to God. So every believer has a right to come to God through Christ's sacrificial death. He says you're not spectators, no. You have been called to fellowship with God. Fourthly, under that, they have been called for kingdom business. Let me read verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his own marvelous light. Hallelujah. So they are being called for kingdom business to bring others to Christ as priests to stand in between to draw others to Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.18 that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. It is committed to them as a royal priesthood. It is committed to us as a royal priesthood. It says they have been called to declare the excellencies of him who called them out of darkness. They have been called to proclaim the glorious acts of God. God has chosen them to participate in his mission. God is on mission. That mission is a mission of restoration of men and women to himself. Monsieur Day is on mission, but he has called us to move along with him, to participate with him, to be active. You know, people are calling men to himself. So as a result, our faith is not a sacred faith. God calls us to be witnesses beyond our comfort zones. Remember, he's calling them amidst persecution, amidst troubles. So he calls them to be witnesses beyond their comfort zones. So don't say, ah, in my workplace it is hard. In my family it is hard. No, he has called them to be witnesses where they are. Don't be very fast to run to Karamoja. Know where you are. Don't be very fast to run to Somalia. Know where you are. So despite opposition and hostility, we have this good news, friends. That is what he has committed us to. People are weary, they are battered by all sorts of things. But he says, I have chosen you to declare the glorious acts of God. Which are those glorious acts? They are simply summarized in the cross that Christ has reconciled the world to himself. That for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Hallelujah. Without Christ, men are dead. Yet God in Christ is giving them life. And the last bit. I'll read verse 21. Verse 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. So they are called to live for Christ. And thus endure suffering. And this is very key there. They are called to endure suffering. 
They were undergoing suffering, but they have been called to endure. And the, the baseline for that is Christ's substitutionary suffering. Christ sets a pattern for them to follow. That since you've been united with Christ, part of the unity with Christ involves suffering. Hallelujah. Ha, you're a man of faith. <laughs> Listen. Actually, the morning preacher through the services hinted on the same. Part of our package, listen, by the way, do you know that? Part of the package we should be claiming, you know we like to claim, is suffering. Yes, because he says, you know, whoever has left father and mother will be rewarded in this life with fields, you know, all these good things. Then he says, even with persecution. So when you're claiming that verse, please claim it fully. Don't just end on fields, those good things. Even persecution. And do you know why? Because we live in a world where we are sojourners, we are aliens. So if you're going to live for Christ, your living will be contrary to the world. And so you will not avoid being persecuted, you will not avoid suffering. Hallelujah. But when you suffer, it should not be because you're doing wrong. Ah. Uh -huh. It should be because of the gospel. Hallelujah. So as I conclude, friends, I want to draw some application. I have four points as I draw my application. One, one to us, we are chosen if we are in Christ. We are chosen. Our identity is in God. And as a result, our conduct should be exceptional and above reproach. Be it in our families, be it in our workplaces, be it in our schools, be it in our communities. Verse 12. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So the hostile environment is not reason for you to compromise. No. Can I repeat? The hostile environment is not reason for you and me to compromise. It is common knowledge. Some of the workplaces for promotion, for a lady you give in to sex. But he says even in that environment, you rather stay as a junior for 10 years than give in. It is not reason to give in. Corruption is a common thing. That one we know. But our identity calls us to live beyond reproach. That in that organization that you will be the corrupt zero fairer. That you'll be the fairer. They say, ha, ah, that one, if you want to do a back pass, do they call it a bypass or a back pass? One of the two. That one, don't dare. Things are going to back fire. Our living should draw people to God and thus bring him glory. Listen to these words, Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine and he asked the chief officials for permission not to defile himself in this way. Daniel was in a foreign land, actually under captivity, but he chose him not to defile himself. So friends, you cannot give an excuse that uh, it was too much. No! Our identity should be seen. So our conduct should be above reproach. Two, 
we should desire to grow in God's word. And so friends, if you're not thirsting for God's word, you are doomed. If you are not excited about the scriptures, you are doomed. Actually, we need to continuously pray for ourselves that God rekindle your fire for the love of your word in us. Paul writes to the Romans, he tells them in Romans 12, keep your spiritual father serving the Lord. That, you know, that desire for God's word, that desire to serve God. One sign for a drifting church is one that is moving away from the word. One sign for a sinking community, fellowship, is a community that has closed the Bible and is promoting anything extra biblical. One sign that you are falling. Can I, let me say this very critically. One sign that you are falling is when you lose interest in the scriptures. However excited you may be about the music. However excited you may be about serving us, maybe as an usher, as what, on the committee. If your excitement is not for the word, you need to talk to someone. Pray together and go back to the scriptures. Because that is where we gain energy. That's where we hear God. That's where actually real life is. It is in his word. The third application. It is not optional to share the gospel. Hallelujah. Yeah, now here, here, I'm stepping on so many heads. It is not optional to share the gospel. It is not for Reverend Gerard, for Kajina, for who, Grace, who, no. It is not optional. We are called to preach, we are called to teach, we are called to disciple, we are called to pray, we are called to give of our time, we are called to, to give of our resources, we are called to give of our talents for the advancement of the gospel. We should be part of the army that is preparing this gospel. You are called to be a witness. You may not be an evangelist, but you are a witness. I'm not a lawyer, but the lawyers tell me a witness just comes and speaks what he knows about the matter. They may not understand. They don't, actually, they don't need to understand law. They just say, we came to all saints. They, they, they sang. They prayed. They preached. We moved out. They have witnessed what happened at 3 p.m. They have witnessed. And that's what God calls you to do. That man said, I do not know whether it's what or what, but one thing I know, I was blind, but now I can see. I do not understand the theology, but I was blind, but now I can see. That's what God calls you and me to do. That you're simply telling your story. You're simply telling the simple story of that rugged cross, simply. Then the, those who are gifted with evangelism can add on, but yours is to witness wherever you are. Matthew 12, 30 says, he who is not for me is against me. And he who does not gather scatters. So if you're not participating, <laughs> you are against him. You are scattering. And lastly, 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 Christian living is not smooth. It is not chocolate. It is not pizza. 
Suffering is part of the package. Verse 13. I'll just read that because it will make more sense. Verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake. So for the Lord's sake, things may not be easy. So embrace suffering for the gospel with joy. Verse 19. For if it, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Choose it with joy. Rejoice in your sufferings. That's a hard one. But they tell us in the Acts of the Apostles, when John and colleagues are taken before these guys and they are walloped seriously, they are flogged, not even beaten, they are flogged seriously. They came back rejoicing because they had been counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Christ. That's a tough one. But to this you were called. Part of our calling is to suffer. So what are the ways we can suffer, friends, today? Refusing a bribe, my friend, when you're broke. Yes, I know. Refusing a bribe, there are some bribes which are, they are going to break the, the entire thing, you understand? They are going to break, they are going to change life forever. That is serious suffering when you refuse such a bribe. For the ladies, when you turn down this offer, a promotion that is changing to, eh, to, to two zero digits eh, of your salary. And you just refuse that job, that offer, that promotion, because there is the carpet interview that is required. That is suffering. Who does not need money? I need money. But that is suffering. You can name it, name it, name it, but I've, I thought I would bring these easy things. I've heard this from university students. At times you can have, I know of a girl who kept, her graduation kept being postponed for about three consecutive years simply because she refused to give in. So that is suffering. And even the parents are asking, why don't you graduate? <laughs> that is what? Suffering. But listen, it is part of the package because you've chosen to live for God. And Christ is our model. Why? He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. That's what we are called for. If we bear the image of Christ, we are supposed to die to sin and live for righteousness. So when we say we are chosen, it is not just for excitement. I am a friend of God. It's not just for excitement. If you're a friend of God, listen, it means you're going to follow in the footsteps of Christ. You must be dying to sin. You must be pursuing righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Hallelujah. So that's what God calls us as a chosen people. He calls us to live for something. 
to live for Christ. And as we live for Christ, suffering will come. But let's remember, Jesus overcame. He calls us to long for the pure spiritual milk, which is the word of God. And he calls us to live lives that reflect his glory. Let us pray. Maybe as I've been sharing, there could be something that God is prompting you to pray about. God is prompting you maybe to come in repentance. God is prompting you maybe to ask for extra grace. Just in a minute, I'm going to allow you to pray as an individual, even those who are online. What is God speaking to you? I'm going to ask you pray in a minute. Respond to God in prayer in a minute. In a minute. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you continue to fill us with your spirit. We admit we cannot live for you unless you empower us, unless you lead us. Lord, we ask that we shall daily put away every sinful desire, thinking about you, giving ourselves to you, Lord, I pray that you will move afresh amidst us and create a fresh hunger and thirst for your word. That we shall crave the pure spiritual milk. Lord, some of us are stunted because we've fed on every manner of junk. But Lord, I pray today you cause us to return to streams of living water, to return to your word. Lord, I pray that you help us to live for Christ. You help us to participate in this community of believers. That we shall not be loners. Help us to live for the proclamation of this gospel. That we shall be like Paul. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power for salvation of many. Lord, wherever you call us in our workplaces, in our classrooms, in our communities and families. Lord, may we not be ashamed of this gospel. May we live for the proclamation of it. Those of us that you've blessed with financial resources, those of us that you've blessed with talents, that Lord, we shall give of all this to the propagation of your gospel. And Jesus, we are thankful that even when we pass through trials, you are with us. So give us endurance that we shall not submit to any other thing but only you. And what a joy to be reminded that you bore our sins in your body on the tree. So Lord, if there are any people in here, even those that are watching online, that have not come to terms with you, Jesus, the Lord, your spirit will continue to convict that you draw them to yourself in your power because you bore our sins in your body. So may all glory go back to you. May you be lifted on high. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you.